Jesus Christ has seen fit in his mercy to allow us to live on this side of eternity once again. And so we're so glad that you're with us this morning here at the Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church located just outside of the great town of Garysburg located in wonderful Northampton County here in northeastern North Carolina. So we're just glad that you're with us on this morning. Um, I want us to know that this is the end of your search for a friendly church. That is our church motto here at Ronald Salem, and we do our very best to try to live up to that motto. Our mission statement comes from the book of St. Matthew, the very last chapter. Jesus himself was speaking to his disciples before he ascended back to heaven, and he said these words, Go ye therefore and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. We're here in the sanctuary, and 
as with most Sundays, I certainly want to thank uh, Miss April and Brother Derek and Miss Jasmine for making sure that the audiovisual equipment is, is up and running and, and allowing us to, to broadcast, whether it be uh, on FaceTime, Facebook Live or whether people are listening on our conference call number. And of course, we have our wonderful three-man band, the Church Trio, back here. Uh, and Steve and Elijah and Marvin and we're certainly looking forward again to uh, Brother Ricky joining us and maybe in the next week or so. We're going to have an opening selection and then we'll continue on with service. call it Good Friday, but it wasn't a Good Friday for our Lord and Savior because he gave up his life. He did it willingly. But the fact that he went on that cross and there were witnesses at that cross and what the blessing that has come to all humanity because of that cross. 
we can sing that song with joy because at the cross where I first saw the light. Amen. We thank uh, our musicians for such a wonderful, stirring song to start us off on this Sunday morning. And uh, again, first of all, just want to welcome all of you who are with us this Sunday, whether you be with us again by way of uh, Facebook live streaming, whether you be with us by way of uh, our conference call number, uh, call in line, if you will. We, we just thank you. We realize that there are all types of uh, possibilities and other selections and other folks, other uh, church services that you could tune into at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, on Sunday morning, but we are so grateful that you're tuning in with us. Uh, we certainly want to say happy birthday to those of you who are born in the month of March. This being the first Sunday in March, we just certainly want to um, wish you all a happy birthday, and we pray that uh, where, if maybe your birthday has already passed, or maybe your birthday is today, or your birthday is yet to come, we thank the Lord for uh, the days of your life, your years on this earth, and pray that uh, if you're not saved, you'll get saved, and if you are saved, remain close to the Lord, and let him use you to be a blessing to others. Amen. Also want to um, share this with everybody, and that is that in the month of March, we, Roanoke-Salem, and many of the other uh, Baptist churches uh, here in the state of North Carolina that are part of the uh, North Carolina General Baptist State Convention, we have a fun drive, if you will, for Shaw University. Shaw University is a HBCU located in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, it is one of the oldest HBCUs in our nation. It's certainly one of the oldest ones in our state. And it has a fine tradition of uh, educating men and women who have gone on to do some really, really wonderful things, not only here in North Carolina, not only in these United States. Uh, Shaw graduates have impacted, positively impacted the world. So uh, this month we'll be giving to Shaw. What we ask that you do is that if you want to support Shaw University with a donation, and I, and I, I pray that you will, I ask that you will, uh, write your check out and make it out to Shaw University. Write your personal check uh, to Shaw University, and then we hope and we would like for everyone who wants to uh, donate to the cause of Shaw's fund drive, uh, we hope that you will have that money in to the office here at Roanoke-Salem no later than Friday, March the 19th. That's a couple of weeks away. So by Friday, March 19th, please, if you uh, are going to make a donation to Shaw, if you write a personal check, then certainly um, we'd like for you to have it into the office by Friday, March 19th. If you're not writing a personal check and, and you just want to give cash, we, you, you know we're not going to say no to that either. But what, what I would ask you to do though is put it in some kind of envelope and put your name on it and just put that it's for Shaw University and uh, we'll keep a record of that as well. Also want to uh, acknowledge that the month of um, March is Women's History Month. The, mo the month of March is Women's History Month and so uh, what I would like to do and what I plan to do is to uh, highlight some accomplishment of, of, of an uh, outstanding woman uh, from here in our United States. I, I just want to, you know, there's so many women uh, from days gone by currently uh, and those in present day who are doing so many wonderful things, but we're going to try to highlight at least one woman uh, each Sunday in the month of March. Today I want to uh, highlight someone who is no longer with us, and, and since we're on the heels of Black History Month, I think it's only appropriate that we start with highlighting this particular person, and that is Miss Ella Baker. Uh, Miss Ella Baker, many of you may know that name, particularly if you're, I'd say, 60 or older, 55, 60 or older, you know, you probably have heard her name. Uh, she was one of the greatest civil rights activists, and she helped founded the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Uh, which was an arm of the um, NAACP or, or worked together closely with the NAACP. And it was one of those organizations that was very prominent during the 60s uh, in the civil rights movement. So Ella Baker was one of the founders of that Student Nonviolent Coordinated Committee. 
Uh, and young people, it, you know, got young people involved in the civil rights movement. And uh, through her work and her passion and her training and leadership, uh, Ms. Baker was able to uh, work with such people as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, the first African-American uh, justice on the U.S. Supreme Court uh, in the person of Mr. Thurgood Marshall. So we uh, recognize and honor the legacy of Ms. Ella Baker today on this first Sunday in March and um, the first Sunday in March, which again, this whole month is Women's History Month. We want to make sure we do that. Have a couple of just brief uh, kind of personal things I want to share in terms of personal in terms of I, they're personal in the way that I want you all to know these things. Uh, first of all, please keep the family uh, of, of uh, Mother Lucille Cheek in your prayers. Mother Cheek uh, was the wife of Bishop William Cheek, the founder of the Evangelistic Church Deliverance and those who live in this part of, of, of the country, those who live in Northampton and Halifax County in particular, probably even some of our neighboring counties, uh, they know the life and the legacy of Bishop Cheek uh, as the leader for so many years of the Evangelistic Church of Deliverance, and there's always was, and there continues to be a, a real close relationship uh, with that church and with Roanoke-Salem. So uh, we want to, we're praying for uh, Sister Cheek's family. She passed away on March the 3rd. Um, we are praying for her family, uh, Deacon Tony and all the other uh, siblings. Uh, we're lifting them up. We're lifting up the church family because that's a great loss. Uh, Bishop Cheek passed some time back, and now his wife has passed. And they were, um, I, I guess I could say, the pillars of, of the foundation of that church. And so no, no arrangements uh, that I'm aware of yet as to her home going. But uh, when we know more, we will share. But please... Uh, lift up the family of uh, Sister Lucille Cheek. And also, please keep uh, in prayer uh, the family of Reverend Dr. Charles Tyner, again, the, uh, the, the chairman of the Northampton County Commissioners. Uh, his um, sister was laid to rest on this past Friday. Uh, sister Dunn, a, a, great, a great pillar in the education community here in Northampton County and other areas as well. And so uh, please keep... Uh, Brother Tyner, Brother Charles and, and, his, and his mother and, and his uh, other remaining living sibling, his sister, uh, Jeanette. Keep them all lift up in prayer and pray for the, uh, the children of uh, Sister Dunn and grandchildren. Just keep the family lifted up in prayer, if you will. And all others that you know of who are grieving, we should always pray for and ask the Lord to heal the hearts of those who are grieving. I want to um, just say to you, as I try to remember to say to you every Sunday, uh, as we think about our giving unto the Lord in, in obedience to his command to bring tithes and offerings into uh, his storehouse, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for being obedient as unto the Lord. Thank you for honoring the Lord by bringing your tithes and your offerings above your tithes. And you've been faithful, and I ask that you don't let anything or anyone distract or dissuade you from continuing to be as faithful as you can in giving your tithes and offerings so that Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church and other churches that you may uh, tithe to or send offerings to can do our best to continue being able to help people in time of needs, not only just our own church members, uh, the community in general. You may give tithes here by mailing them in, if you so choose. That's P.O. Drawer Z, P.O. Drawer Z, Garrysburg, North Carolina, 27831. You can come to the church on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. And you can leave your tithes here with Miss Jean or whoever might happen to be here on that particular day. Most of the time it's going to be Miss Jean and she's going to greet you with a warm smile. And then also you have the opportunity to give online, if you so choose, uh, by going to www.rsmbc.com. In fact, I think you don't even have to put on the www. It's rsmbc, those letters, .com. When you click on that uh, website, which is our Roanoke Salem uh, homepage, which is our website, 
and the home page opens up, the first page opens up. Then at the very top, you'll see several tabs, and one of the tabs to the right says giving. And if you will select, if you'll click on that tab that says giving, then that page will open up and you will be instructed as to how you can give online. And many of you do, and we thank you so much for giving online as well. I think I've covered everything that I want to cover this morning, but again, just, just so happy that the Lord has blessed us to see uh, another month in a new year. And has anybody but me noticed how fast March is flying? I mean, this year is flying by already. I mean, it seems like it was just a few weeks ago we were celebrating the beginning of a new year. And now here we are already uh, one-fourth, if you will, of the way through the year because we are beginning the month of March. So as the song goes, time is filled with swift transitions. Time is not waiting. So whatever it is you may have on your heart and mind to do, you better uh, get started or, <laughs> or, or double up your efforts, whatever it is, because um, time is not waiting for us. And of course, no time is promised to us. And certainly, if you're saved, let's continue to uh, honor the Lord with how we live daily. And if you're not saved, we encourage you. We in the body of Christ, we encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ. It's, it's the best decision you will ever make. Uh, let us go to the Lord now in prayer. Father God, it's in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, and us being moved and taught and led by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, that we thank you for another Sunday morning. Thank you, Lord, that you woke us. Thank you that you gave us what we needed in our homes, the food, the clothing. Uh, Lord, that you provided vehicles for us to drive to get to the house of worship or wherever we may have to go. Some of us may have had to go to work this morning. Lord, be that as it may. You know our hearts and you know if that was the case. Lord, thank you if we didn't have a car to drive. You provided still a way to get to where we need to go because there's somebody in the family or somebody in the community uh, that has a vehicle and that's very kind and generous that picks us up and transports us to one place or another. Lord, whatever way it is, we know that all good and perfect gifts come from you, so we say thank you. We're grateful this morning, Lord, that as I just said, here we are uh, already three months into a new year. And Lord, we can look back just from this first Sunday in March to the first Sunday in January and just see your goodness already. And we can say, hallelujah, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name. Lord, you didn't have to allow us to live, but you did. Lord, you don't have to allow us to have a, a, a reasonable portion, as the old saints used to say, the senior saints would say, a reasonable portion of health and strength in our minds as well as our bodies. And, but you do, Lord, and we say thank you. Lord, you don't have to provide us with shelter that's safe and and, uh, and warm when it, needs to, when it needs to be and cool when it needs to be. But you do, and we say thank you. You don't have to give us uh, sufficient food to eat. Lord, many of us uh, have not had the problem uh, of having uh, to, to go scramble to try to find food. Even going back to last uh, March when the pandemic uh, really set in in the nation and around the world, but Lord, you didn't have to make it so we had plenty uh, on our shelves and in our refrigerators, but you did, so we say thank you. Lord, so much so that not only did we have plenty, you made it so we had enough to share with others, and we say thank you. Lord God, we, whatever resources we have, even the money uh, that we have in our pockets that we may have in bank accounts or money we may have uh, uh, invested in different kind of annuities and all those things. It's not ours, it's yours, Lord Jesus. Those of us who know you and know the truth know that all the resources of this world belong to you, but, but you allow us to be stewards over a certain portion, and we say thank you. Help us be the best stewards we can over your resources. Lord God, even now, we're not back together in the house of worship. Some are and some are not, but for those who are blessed and keep them safe, uh, from the, the virus. And for those of us who are not yet, we're looking forward to a day that we can be back here together. And we're thanking you, Lord, already in advance for that day to come. But Lord, in the meantime, we still pray and, and petition you to take COVID out of your world. Take the virus out everywhere, Lord, until you decide to do that. We thank you for the vaccines that you've already given. Three now, Lord, they're being used to uh, help us uh, be uh, somewhat inoculated from the possibility of the virus being harmful may not stop us from getting the virus, 
But Lord, at least it's supposed that those these vaccines are supposed to help it be less severe. And maybe in some people's cases, Lord, they, they won't get it at all because they've taken the vaccine. Whatever that case may be, Lord, we just thank you for the vaccines. Help man distribute them swiftly and fairly all over the world. Then, Lord, finally, we just simply ask that at the end of the day, you look upon us and continue to bless us with your agape love, your undying, unchanging love, your grace and your mercy that we need every day. And then, Lord, we continue to thank you for your provision and your protection from danger seen and unseen every hour of the day. All the moving about we do, Lord, something could happen to us anytime, anywhere. But Lord, I believe you post guardian angels. You've got to hedge your protection around all the saints of God because that's what you said in Job. But Lord, we also thank you for sending guardian angels. Sometimes they're supernatural and we can't see them. Sometimes they're by way of people. You, they, they, come, they take the form of a man or a woman and they come here and they do what needs to be done to help us get through a day. Remind us always, Holy Spirit, to not be selfish and look for every opportunity to say something or do something that will bless somebody else's life. And may we always give Jesus Christ the praise, honor, and glory that he rightly and richly deserves. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Sermonic selection now, and then um, I'll come back with the word for this morning, and then we'll keep right on with our service.
Thank you, gentlemen. Sounding wonderful as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this preaching opportunity. I know that I'm not worthy of myself, but because I'm covered by your blood, Jesus, I thank you. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. This morning, church family and those who are visitors with us, but if you're saved, you're still in the body of Christ, and you're still our brothers and sisters in Christ. And for those who may not be unsaved, who may not be saved, we love you too, and we want you to join us in the body of Christ. But we love you as well. Do all we can to help you as well. We're going to look at the book of St. James uh, towards the back of the New Testament this morning. The gospel, well, not the gospel of, but the book of St. James. And it's uh, chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 7 through 9. The book of St. James, chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. I'm reading from the New International Version. This is what it says. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. Verse 8. But man cannot tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison, verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. And verse 10, I need to add that, verse 10. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. And just for a few minutes, I want us to reason together from the thought Tell me something good. Have you ever had this experience? <clears throat> your phone rings, most likely today your cell phone. And uh, on the other end is a family member or friend who begins to tell you the latest gossip that's being spread about somebody that you both know. Or family member or a friend says that uh, the name of someone in your community or in the church is, and they say that name and then they begin to run them down with their words. Maybe you're the one, amen, who's, who's calling a family member or friend and spreading gossips and rumors or talking badly about another person. Uh, it's sad, but most of us have done this at some point in time, and I raise my hand. I am guilty. I'm, I'm not at all pointing fingers because I have done it myself. But, but if we're Christians, if we're really truly Christians and allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way with us, we, we, we got to stop that, church family. we got to stop that. Uh, in, in the book of St. John, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15, verse 2, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave his disciples a commandment to love one another, he said, even as I have loved you. Now, it's, it's been more than 2,000 years, but Jesus' commandment has not changed. We're supposed to love one another. 
One of the ways as Christians that we love each other is by speaking well of each other. Every one of us, every one of us has faults and failures and we have shortcomings. That's all of us, y'all. None of us are perfect in any way. Sometimes our faults are known by most people. Amen. There's just something about the way we carry ourselves and people can see our bad habits or see our, our issues on display. But then sometimes our failures and our shortcomings are, are only known by those who are closest to us. But, but it doesn't matter one way or the other. You know, I may not know your mess and you may not know my mess, but I'm your brother in Christ and, and Jesus commands that I pray for you, that I love you, and, and that I pray for you. And I, I, I'm obligated, the Lord obligates me to speak words that affirm and encourage you. If the Lord leads me to talk to you about a fault in your life, amen now, I'm only supposed to say what God the Holy Spirit tells me to say and nothing else. If I'm not willing to obey the Holy Spirit when I, when I come to talk to you about something going on in your life, if, if I'm not willing to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, then I should keep my mouth shut. Amen. Many Bible scholars consider this book of James to be a how-to book for Christian living. This is the James who is the brother of Jesus Christ. We, we call this the book of James, but it's really a very long letter. James wrote this long letter to Christian Jews living in the first century. It still applies to you and me today because the Bible is a living document. The Bible is not some just history book of historical facts as many people choose to believe. No, the Bible is a living document because it's the living word of our God. The Bible doesn't change with time as we understand time. The words that James wrote to the Christians back in his day still apply to you and I in this current day. In James chapter 3, verse, verses uh, 7 and 8, James says that the, the human beings have... Uh, We've taken control over every other type of living animal, but, but we can't control our own tongues. Wow. James says every person's tongue is a restless evil and that it's full of deadly poison. He didn't say some folks. He didn't say unsaved folks. He didn't say young folks or old folks. He said every person's tongue is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. To be restless means to to never be still, to never stop moving. And we already know that evil is the opposite of holy and good. James says our tongues are full of deadly poison. In other words, when our tongues are used to speak evil, our words can be the cause of somebody's death, literally and figuratively. James is pronouncing a scathing indictment on all of us, starting with myself. He, he's, he's indicting me, and he's indicting all of us. So many times I've been guilty, and you've been guilty, of speaking evil words to people or speaking evil words about people. Brother James is calling us out as Christians because words can kill Words can kill dreams and aspirations. Evil words can kill uh, somebody's self-esteem or, or, or positive thinking. You don't believe it's true? Think about how much time and effort we spend now on trying to stop people from bullying one another and the negative consequences that have come from people who've been bullied. Amen. Evil words can kill relationships and friendships. Evil words can even cause one person to take another person's life. Amen. That, that's just, that's real talk. When Jehovah God said, thou shall not kill, I believe he was thinking about our words as well as with our hands. And I believe James 3 verse 9 is the proof 
of what I'm saying. Because James says, with our tongues, we both praise our Lord, Jesus, and God the Father, but with our same tongue, we curse people who are made in the image, in the likeness or the image of Jehovah God. That word curse, as James is using it, it means to speak evil of folks. James said we praise the Lord with our tongues, but then we still use our tongues to speak evil of people who are made in God's image. And he puts even more emphasis on this issue in verse number 10. He repeats by saying, James repeats, he says that Christians use the same tongue for praising and cursing. And he says, but we should not be doing this. He says, we should not be doing that. That is not something that we should do. So, so the lesson in today's sermon is this. Christians must stop using our words to run down and put down each other. Amen. Christians must stop using our words to run down and put down each other. God is not pleased when we use words to harm and hurt each other. And if we do anything that God is not pleased with, that makes it a sin. If you call me because you've heard or you know that somebody is sick, you know somebody's been injured or somebody has a problem and you think I might be able to help, I want to know about those things. That's not gossip and rumor and hearsay. If that's the case, I want to know about that. But but you shouldn't call me and, and I shouldn't call you to gossip or spread rumors about another sister or brother. Shouldn't do it. And I've been on both sides of that issue. I have, and I, and, I, and, I, and I repent of it. Lord, please forgive me, and I repent of it. I have hurt folks with my words, but I've also been hurt by folks uh, when they have said bad things about me. There may be a time, every once in a while, there's a time a situation may come up when uh, we may know something and, uh, about somebody and, and the law requires that we report it. Amen. But we don't have to tell everybody else we know about it. That's right. Yeah, you may know something going on with somebody or something that's happened to someone and, and you may be required to share it by law, right? But that doesn't mean that after you call whoever agency or person that you need to call legally, then you got to get on the phone and tell everybody else what you know. Christians should use our words to build each other up, not to tear each other down. We shouldn't even talk badly about unbelievers. Amen. Some of us think that what I'm saying is just about Christians talking about other Christians. We shouldn't even use our words to talk badly about unbelievers. Let, let me give you an example. I want you to think about this. Let's say you've got an unsaved co-worker and this co-worker has a problem. She's talked to other unsaved folks, but, but they didn't offer her any help or any hope. Now, this woman knows that you are a Christian. Amen. She's heard you say that Jesus Christ loves everybody and that he's willing to help anybody. This unsaved woman calls you on the phone. But before she can tell you why she called, you start telling her about the latest gossip in the office. Now here's this co-worker feeling completely helpless and hopeless, and you have disgraced the name and the nature of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I made up that example, but, I, but I'm sure something like that has happened to somebody. Maybe it's happened to you. I'm asking you, sisters and brothers in Christ, let's think about what we say to people, and let's think about what we say about people before we say it. That's, that's what I'm asking us all to do this morning. Um, before we say anything bad about anybody, we should ask ourselves, first of all, ask yourself this question. Do I know this that I'm about to share to be true? That's, that's one question you should ask yourself. Here's another one. Will my words help the person that I'm talking about? Amen. If I'm going to share something about somebody, will my sharing it help that person? And then how about this one? Will God be pleased by what I say? 
I say this to all of us with respect. If, if you want to talk about somebody with me, tell me something good. Amen. If you want to call me and just start talking about a brother, sister in Christ, call me and tell me something good. We, we should want to please Jesus with what we say to each other, and we should want God to be pleased with what we say about each other. If you look in the book of Proverbs, the Proverbs of King Solomon, the son of David, we find there many wise statements about the bad and the good consequences of carefully choosing our words. Let me just give you a couple examples of some bad consequences. Uh, Proverbs 11 verse 9 says, With his mouth, or her mouth, the godless person destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous escape. Proverbs 11 verse 12, A man who lacks judgment derise, that means you talk bad, you, you talk ugly about your neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. How about this one? Proverbs 25, verse 18. Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is the man who gives false testimony against his neighbor. What can you do with a club or a sword, or a sharp arrow. You can kill somebody. You can kill somebody with a club, or a sword, or a sharp arrow. And, and, and Psalm is saying, our words can be just as deadly as one of those three weapons. But now, Solomon also talks about the good things we can do with our words. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Lord knows I need to remember that one. Need to, need to practice that one myself. You know, sometimes we're quick to respond to something that's said to us and we need to stop and think about it and take a deep breath because if we respond too quickly and too harshly, we're going to stir up some trouble now because the person that we're saying that to is going to probably be offended by it. And now instead of having a conversation that could have been effective and ended up being beneficial, now we got a whole different thing going on because we're mad with one another. Amen. Here's one. Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Listen to that. The tongue that brings healing not literally healing like you, and it could be that too, speaking prayers over somebody, but this is talking about healing of relationships, talking about bringing peace uh, to people, how am I encouraging people who may need it? The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. A lying tongue crushes the spirit. How about this one? Proverbs 16, verse 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Amen. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul. They, they encourage, they, they inspire the, the soul, and they are healing to the bones. And then last but not least, I just want to share this one. Proverbs 18, verse 20 says, From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied. From the fruit of his mouth, or from a fruit of your mouth, my sister, uh, your stomach is filled. You can speak things in a way that bring blessings into your life in terms of your interactions, because you're always going to need somebody else. None of us are on an island by ourselves. And it says, with the harvest from our lips, we're satisfied. What we're able to achieve because of how we speak positively and affirmly and encouraging and we're truthful and honor those things, we'll, 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 we'll reap a harvest. The Lord himself is going to make sure we reap a harvest in many ways and we will be satisfied. Jesus Christ is always our role model. He's always our example of how we should live. Amen? Amen. Everybody agrees with that. In St. John chapter 14, verse 10, Jesus says that he doesn't even use random words when he speaks. Jesus said, the words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing 
his work. Amen. As I close, I, I want to tell you something good about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, what can you tell me that's good about Jesus? I can tell you that he can give you a peace that goes beyond man's understanding, even in the times of trouble, even in the times of storm, including grief from a loved one that's passed that you love dearly. Jesus can bring you peace that goes beyond man's understanding. I can tell you something good about Jesus. I can tell you that uh, if Jesus Christ gives you the strength, there's nothing that you cannot do. That doesn't necessarily mean that literally you can't do any specific thing, but it does mean that that according to his good and perfect will, whatever it is that you set out to do, if it's in his will and if it's pleasing and honoring to him, if it's something that he has told you to do or directed you to do, there's nothing you cannot do because he can strengthen you in such a way supernaturally that you can accomplish what you need to get accomplished. What else can I tell you about Jesus Christ? That he'll provide all your needs. He's the one that provides all your needs. The Bible says, God, my God shall provide all my needs through, according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. But God the Son and God the Father are the same. So when God the Father is providing for your needs, it's the same as Jesus himself providing for your, name, your needs, except that we speak it through the name and we have faith in the name of Jesus. What else can I tell you about Jesus Christ? I can tell you that there's not a friend like Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. When, 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 when I turn my back on you, when your sister or your brother, your husband, your wife, your children, that friend that you've been close to, that ride and die man, that ride and die woman that y'all been tied all these years and then something happens, next thing you know, y'all not even speak to each other. When all those relationships no longer exist, Jesus Christ will still be there because I can tell you that he said he would never leave you nor forsake us. That's what the word says about him. And he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let me tell you this last thing about Jesus. He came down through 40 and two generations, left heaven and put on human flesh. He came here for the purpose of going to a cross to die for you and me to save our souls. So as he prepared to go to that cross, he was just as human as you are and I am. There came a point when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane when there was a wrestling match. There was a war, if you will, between the flesh and the spirit. And it was words that were used that won the day. Because one side of him, the human side, with the words he spoke, he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass over me, if there's any way that I don't have to go to this cross, I'm asking you to do that. But then on the spiritual side, the Christ side, the, the God side that was always there, he spoke these words. He said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, I'll go on to this cross because that's what you asked me to do. So Jesus let evil men arrest him. He let evil men take him before Pontius Pilate himself an evil man to be judged. He let evil men take him to Herod's judgment hall. He was spat on, he was slapped, he was cursed. They put a, thorn, a, a, a crown of thorns around the top of his head and those thorns uh, made his head bleed. All this happened and that wasn't even the, the half of it. I'll tell you something good about Jesus. He didn't say anything. He didn't, he didn't try to get out of it. He accepted that that was his fate because he promised his father he would go to that cross for us. He had you and I in his mind and on, in his heart and on his mind. He let evil men take him outside the judgment hall. And they scourged him. That means they took a, a whip that had a, a rocks in it and metal in it, and they beat him so badly that the Bible says, and it's described, that his flesh just fell away and fell away from his back. You could see, you know, almost his ribs and his spine. He was beaten so badly, half dead, but he still did not stop what was going on. Could have stopped at any time, but he didn't. He had to carry a cross, a wooden cross that weighed somewhere probably between maybe 250, 300 pounds, almost by himself the whole way up a hill where they were going to nail him to that same cross. But he went on up there thinking about you and thinking about me. He let evil men nail him to a cross. And again, as I always like to remind us, 
They didn't take those nails that we drive in uh, to keep the, the houses down and keep the uh, shingles down on the roof and the nail uh, 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 buildings together. They took this thing that looks like a railroad stake. That's what this is. That's what they nailed in Jesus' hands or his wrist. That's what they nailed in his feet. The Bible says he could have come down off that cross anytime he wanted to, but he did not. He let evil men pierce him in his side, and out came his blood, and out came the water, because it's his blood that washes away the stain of our sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then he spoke some powerful words while he was on that cross. But there's a couple of times words he said I want us to remember. First of all, he looked, he looked up at the sky and said to his father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Talking about you and me. We weren't there, but it was our sins that also put him on that cross. And then finally, when he was ready, when, when enough time of suffering had passed, he said to his father, Father, into thy hands I commend my, I commit my spirit. In other words, nobody killed Jesus. That cross, those nails did not kill Jesus. Jesus Christ gave up his own life for you and for me. He went down in a borrowed tomb, they say, and stayed there the rest of that good Friday. He stayed there Saturday and Saturday night. And somewhere between Saturday morning and Saturday night, the Bible tells us he went down into hell, took the keys from the devil, and set all those folk that the devil was holding in bondage. He set them free. Jesus set folks in hell free. That's how much he loves you and loves me. And then his spirit went back to that human body laying on that slab. And early on Sunday morning, what we call Easter Sunday, Jesus Christ got up with all power. All power in his hands. The Bible says, he said it. He said, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, I have all power. And that's why he said, therefore, go ye. Then he said, go ye therefore and might make disciples with the power that you have through me. I just want to leave you with this thought. Words are powerful. Words have consequences. And Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our mentor and role model, has said to us very clearly, we are to use words to love one another, to affirm one another, to encourage one another. Look, even, even when we were growing up, many of us heard the old saying, if you can't say something good about somebody, don't say anything at all. Well, the Bible backs that up. Matter of fact, that's, that's from the Bible, basically. That came from the Bible. Not said in those exact words, but that's a Bible principle. You can't speak well of somebody. Don't say anything about them at all. Amen. Christians, let's use our words to build up and affirm and encourage and inspire and praise and give, uh, give right accolades to our brothers and sisters when they deserve it. Don't be jealous or envious. Because if you keep living the way the Lord has directed you to live, the Lord's going to make sure you get your recognition too. It ain't a jealousy thing. He's going to make sure you get yours too. But part of your getting yours is you doing right by other folk. Amen. If you've heard the word this morning and you feel inspired that, uh, by God the Holy Spirit that you want to now give your life to Jesus Christ, I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I ask you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, the Bible declares that you are now saved. You are now part of the body of Christ. Your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And heaven is going to be your final resting place for your soul. But in the meantime, Jesus said we got to tarry. We, we got we to wait and labor until he comes back again, right? So part of that waiting.